Andrew, before we get to the show today, uh, we have a new partnership. We're doing this with Elite Sports, E-L-E-T-E. And they're, uh, you know, they're a company that helps athletes. They've done over 100 athletes make custom brands, help them establish a name for themselves, selling merch with their own brand for the, this whole NIL deal stuff. And um, they've also done a bunch of work with Texas State uh, athletes specifically. And... I got through the podcast. I'm talking about how much I love uh, Ben McLean. Basically, he has an incredible site on Elite Sports. Uh, if you use code Square, you help out the podcast a lot. A portion of the proceeds from all the items on Ben's store or any of the athlete store that they have uh, goes to them. Of course, this is an NIL deal, so you're putting money in athletes' pockets. If you need to help gear up for a game or whatever, uh, go to Elite Sports. I think over the course of this week, you're going to see me gradually like, like appearance wise, you know, going you look down. cute. You look cute right now. So I'm looking forward to the crash. Look good now. But I think by Thursday, once we do our last deal, uh, if we did one on Friday, I would be really screwed. I think. Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games. We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Square Around. My name is Jacob Rodriguez. That's the Texas State Sports Press, Andrew Zimmel. This is the Republic of Football Podcasting Network. Uh, you know, episode one. I think we did this in our own show, too, Zim. When we first started it up, we were, like, very down in the dumps, I feel, about our own institution. I feel like kind of rightfully out. so, you know? And then episode two, we were like, hey, we're not uh, masochists, and we don't like this treatment we do want to go in a different direction but we did have to give that kind of history lesson of kind of the pains and kind of the, the ebbs and flows the 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 roller coaster mentality of not only the school but the team itself it was kind of like the airing of grievances you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta really let all that toxicity out before you can like accept love again you know what i mean and that i think that's what it was we had to had to exercise those demons get all that out and then from there you can like you know move on well, that happens at, you know, holiday gatherings across the country, right? Before the family comes together, they must fight first about <laughs> either sports, news, politics, you name it. And so that's basically what happened, I think, uh, in that first episode. We just had to rehash everything and kind of give you the text state in a nutshell. Boom. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so today I want to talk about hashtag take back Texas, a thing that the football team has totally dominated, totally flipped the script, uh, reinvented, reestablished, reinsert adjective. They've done it better than I, I think probably a lot of the teams gave them credit for coming out of the gate, right? I'll yeah. up to it. Yeah. So they, they started using the hashtag take back Texas. And I remember immediately I was like, that's kind of lame. Like kind of kind of childish, you know what I mean? Like I we just did don't think lie. they were acting corny on Twitter because all the coaches are very active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And until they had this take back Texas next to it. It was kind of like, eh, kick rocks. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't need these constant updates of you guys I, in the you gym. Know, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it was, I, I'll i be the first to admit, anytime a 
team tries to do something like that, unless you start bringing in recruits, it's kind of like, well, this is kind of lame. But, you know, you, you mentioned like revitalizing it, right? And, yeah, a lot of people will use a take back Texas. Um, you think about programs that were good and then weren't good anymore. So like SMU, for example, SMU would be a school that would probably try to use the take back Texas. And I think they have in the past. But the big thing about social media is you have to flood it. You really have to just do like a ton of like, you know, use it a bunch so that your hashtag moves to the top of the pile. So when people look for your stuff, it'll show up. So now, you know, with that little behind the curtain, like how social media works, you kind of understand why they were doing it so much that every single day, 10 times a day, it was take back Texas, which I mean, the premise of it is a really good premise to recruit local guys, recruit Texas guys. And it's worked so far. Yeah, and that, that's the whole point is bringing back Texas high school football, uh, recruiting Texas high school football players, uh, just recommitment to this thing that is literally in Texas State's back door. Why that wasn't a thing in the first place is as good a guess already, as yours as it is mine. And I think we already saw it. I know you were supposed to rehash stuff, but I'm pretty sure Bailiff and uh, Kenny were talking to the Texas High School Football Association like this past week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they were, yeah, like in the – in their bag already over there, which I cannot tell you the last time Spavadol was there. I can't tell you the last time Withers was there either. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just front of mind for me, but it does feel like a concerted effort. Like, all right, we are going all out, balls to the wall, trying to make sure that we have good relationship with the coaches and from there, a trickle-down effect to the players. Claws to the wall. Shout out KTSW and Andrew Zimmel. What? <laughs> Uh, but going back to last week, right, we we talked about kind of the ex- expedited hiring process. Everybody thought oh, they were going to have to wait kind of like that two week state period. You know, Texas law is like, oh, is this is a state agency hiring someone. They got to wait and they got to post the job and stuff. At the end of the day, this is a football coach. And the university has had this ginormous Dr. Pimple Popper sized uh, issue on their face. My name is Todd. I'm 53 years old and I have a bump in my head. My bump is the size of one and a half golf balls. It's not really soft, it's kind of like, you know, spongy. But the bump started about 25 years ago. Not even a quarter size bump. Over the years, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger. The one of the most front-facing uh, pieces of them. Uh, and so they needed to fix that immediately. And so that's what they did. Within like a week, basically, they had their guy, they made their offer, they signed the check, boom! It was off to the races. And so DJ Kenny used that time to, uh, like we were saying last week, recruit basically at both places while coaching his way to a semifinal appearance in the FCS playoffs. Which I can tell you right now as a fan of, like, if if that ever happens to us, to Texas State, I hate it when coaches do that. I absolutely hate it. Now, it benefits us this time, so you'll accept it, right? Like, if it helps me, I'm not going to complain about it. But, man, that bothers me so much when coaches do that. They busted out uh, that take back Texas model too. that uh, the hashtag and kind of like the, I guess, just way of thought too on the recruiting trail. Um, Do you know who's credited with doing that? No, it's coach Matthew Gregg, the corners coach at Texas State, who, according to G.J. Kenny, is a great recruiter. uh, And then when he tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So he created this hashtag and, uh, you know, G.J. Kenny's not one for super like lambasting on his own pedestal and stuff he's a short simple guy 
And that's what he said, too. He's like, we're not going to have many, you know, catchphrases or slang or, you know, Ooh. stuff like that. He's breaking out on champions, which is the same thing that he broke out on uh, last year with UIW's team on their way to the FCS semifinal appearance. Yeah. I got to give Coach Greg a lot of credit on, on that. You know, this guy, you know, he's he's unbelievable recruiter there's and i tell the recruits that come in all the time about coach greg there's there's coaches in college football that get the job done and don't get the job done coach greg delivers um almost every time he's he's an unbelievable coach unbelievable recruiter and and uh he came up with the hashtag and 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 we we went with it and and uh i, I think the the reception has been awesome i think people like it it's uh i think it's really cool so and it's what we want to do when we take back texas so i'm excited about that yeah that's something that that we did last year at uiw and we're doing here um you know and that, that's you know we talked about habits reflect the mission the mission is to be champions um so um you know on the field classroom community so it's easy uh, we, we won't have a lot of different slogans and and logos and and chants and all that throughout my time here at texas state it's it's pretty simple have to reflect the mission and, and missions being champions i like it i like it i can tell you right now that there's a lot of people who don't like a bunch of catchphrases i personally like a bunch of catchphrases i'm an action hero type of guy wow uh, pow yeah uh row the boat you know that that type of stuff. I like I like those those catchphrases. A lot of coaches don't. So you're corny. Does not take, huh? You're corny. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, yeah, I'll I'll own up to it. I'll uh, yeah. So I I don't. It doesn't shock me though with Kenny that he's not one of those guys because he doesn't seem like a lot of frills type of guy. Just you know, shock. you look at the photos from uh, spring training, like the spring practices and stuff like that, and he very much casual guy. Doesn't look like he's doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot in the wardrobe department. Football guy, got, huh? Football guy. Oh, for sure. He he looks like he and I could dress at the same spot. You know, just hoodies, hats. You know, walk around with a whistle. I fit right in. What more do you need? That's his profession. What, what, you know, if he was not? a professor, that'd be a different thing. <laughs> but I think not. I could be a. I if I was like a like a, a doctor, like a neurosurgeon. I don't know if I could wear the scrubs. I think I'd have to wear the like the Jordans. You know. Get a get a tracksuit going. That's just the way I fit. That's what I what I wear. That's his mold. Me and Kenny. Yeah, birds of a feather. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. Also, with this take back Texas model, also you know, they had to recruit Texas. So what did that mean? Well, we built a map for you actually in one of our past episodes. It's kind of insane to see the swath of land that they covered. They went north, south, east, west, all over Texas. I think just over a two-week period, that's what that map is. It's a two-week period that me and Zimmel broke out and kind of were like, hey, this is where they were. And I was just scrolling on Twitter, just like looking at all the high schools that they were interacting with. And that's how we got that. But uh, over like 50 schools, I think, in a two-week period. Some of them are also obviously double dipping. You know, they're traveling in pairs or twos or three or whatever. But well, they're still. also traveling. They're also traveling to places that have multiple high schools in like a centralized area. You know, I think we talked about Dallas and Houston, and just down the road in San Antonio. Like, I think that that was a really important thing. Um, what's funny to me when I learned about like recruiting relatively recently is that a lot of these coaches they will go to these places, but they also are trying to make connections with the coaching staffs at these places to say like, hey, if you see anybody that we need to put on our radar. Let us know if there's a sophomore who comes in that's just throwing 300 pounds up on the bench press. Like, give us a phone call. Let us know what that looks like. You know what I mean? If there's a guy who comes from his sophomore year to his junior year and all of a sudden he's going from playing 
left tackle to running back that we'd like to know about that guy. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of it too, is that you go to these different places and yeah, recruiting the kids is important. Bringing players in is important, but it's the relationships with the coaches that I think goes under the radar. That to me is the most important thing about what they're doing right now. And and that's kind of the sexy thing in high school football, isn't it? Like finding kind of some young high school football kind of guru Maybe we write it's a been there fiction? for a long time. Can we write Maybe a scouting fan fiction for you. Yeah, go ahead. Where are you? Jacob Rodriguez, Coach Rodriguez goes on the road looking for his next, like, you know, we, we have a hole at left guard. Where can we fill that, that spot in? And you go to a tiny West Texas town and find a guy that, you know, he doesn't have a bench set, but you know what he does pick up? Oil rig equipment. That's his weightlifting. And you're like, oh, perfect. We can I have a five a seven guard. quarterback from McAllen, Texas. Who am I gonna get? Who am I gonna get? You know, that would be that would be your the fan fiction, the recruiting fan fiction that Jacob could write about Texas State. I'll tell you what, when the new NCAA comes out, I'm definitely going to make myself a five foot seven quarterback. Dual threat, of course. Maybe we're in the Wildcat. Who knows? Maybe we're that mm. small of a school. McCall Memorial High School. <laughs> and get recruited at Texas State, take us to a national title. I, I Not because love, I'm that good, but because I'm that good at video games. I love your dreams. Thanks, buddy. Can you talk just about the you know the road dog aspect? We've we've all seen the hashtags of where you guys have all been. Uh, a lot of schools really quick. Uh, could you just kind of talk about that? Yeah, we want to get out to as many high schools as we can, and and uh, you know develop those relationships and and. Uh, that part was, you know, obviously when we get the job identifying and, and you know, what we talked about is, you know, signing high school kids and, and it's been very receptive and the high school coaches are pumped to see us, you know, back in the schools and, and uh, offering their kids and, and uh, you know, there's, there's so many alums and you go to each school. Um, I, I don't think I've been to one where, Hey, I went to Texas state, you know, so, so happy and so glad you guys are here and, and all that. So that, that part's been really fun and, and uh, really exciting as well. Uh, so they were everywhere. I think I even sang a song. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Um, but this, I think we can both agree on this, Zimmel, is that this recruiting cycle was decidedly different from the way it yes. looked, the way it felt, the actual recruits that we got. You know, we're talking about four stars, three stars. Some of the like highest rated players themselves that Tech State had ever recruited. And for a while, I guess, I felt, you felt... Some alumni definitely felt that there was kind of this like football vacuum in San Marcos. It's like there's things going on in San Antonio, come across the way, just kind of drops off completely. And then you have like Austin Westlake and stuff, which you you know a bunch about because that's what you covered in, in college. Well, and you talk about like the football vacuum. It really felt like that because like in Austin, it was 24-7, 365, high school football, and then the University of Texas, and then down the street. UTSA is building a monster down there and it just it really did feel like you were kind of stuck between two of these va- like vacuums and you know th- I'll say this I talked to an Austin guy recently and he said part of the you know the charm of UT is you know it's brand and everything else like that but it is so close to Wimberley it's so close to San Marcos so it's funny that like that is a selling point for them I imagine San Antonio does that as, as a selling point too like hey you're re- your parents can visit New Braunfels. Your parents can visit San Marcos. You know, there are nice areas around here. And yet the place that is the nice place can't get these players for the longest time, right? Like, yeah, we're close to this nice thing, but the nice thing can't get them. I just always, I thought that that was kind of um, 
ironic, kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I I think that you know we we, we when we talk about the players that they're bringing in, uh, the four and five star stuff doesn't really like make me all that much like make me excited. I understand like that's the thing that wags the tail, but like to me it just doesn't. You know, I I need to see like like on field does it translate. I think it's interesting, and we haven't talked about this yet, Jacob, but, you know, Spavadol's plan was, like, to do the transfer portal. Like, really hit it hard, and I think that's where a lot of coaches are going right now. It's, like, hit the transfer portal hard. Do you think that this is a better idea? Like, not a better idea, but, like, it's very different to go after high school players. It's, like, a real different, like, kind of vibe here. Can you already kind of feel that? Do you Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, because especially the things that you can get out of the transfer portal are completely different than what you would get in high school. You you know, you're, you're a guy's first offer out of high school. And G.J. Kinney talks about this actually at National Signing Day. Uh, I think one good story from this, from, you know, this this signing class is Drew Donnelly, a guy that I identified really early when I was at Hawaii. You know, being the first offer is, is big. You'll, you'll see that a lot uh, with our staff. We want to be the, the first offer if we can. Um, now we want to do our due diligence and, and, and that do the, the whole process. But if we can be someone's first offer, that's that's something special to these kids and, and their high school coach. And, you know, you believed in them first. And, and that's what happened with Drew. Um, you know, we believed in him first and, and uh, to get him. You know, someone with his type of speed, talking about Drew a little bit, his production, you see him, uh, you know, going down as a gunner at Cincinnati and and uh, the speed he has. He ran a 10-1 in high school. We, we feel like this guy can come in here and make an immediate impact. So really excited to have Drew. But that means everything. You know, you, you're always going to remember the first time you got an offer. You're always going to remember the people that offered you, the way that they offered you. And like what that meant for you. You know, obviously, if it's not like a Lamar Jackson type situation where you were like, well, you could come to school here, but you're not going to be throwing that football, sir. You know, mm-hmm. um, what you get in the transfer portal is completely different, right? You're getting experience, you're getting uh, strength, size, everything that somebody else created. And now you're trying to look for somebody who's looking for an opportunity to make a direct impact on your team. And you're promising that to 30 people <laughs> to try to get 11 on the field. I, I look at it this way, too, that like you're bringing these players in and the goal is to have them stay for four years or three years or five years. Like your goal is to have them stay their entire collegiate career here mm-hmm. versus going to the transfer portal where, you know, you know, they might go right back in. There's a real shot that a lot of these guys that go in and then they immediately jump right back out. You know what I mean? So I think that that's kind of the difference, too, is that, like, if you're going to really try to build a culture of success at Texas State, going after the high school players, bringing them in, winning games on the field is what matters most. That's the biggest thing right here when we talk about the building block of a program. Winning games is the most important thing. Because if you win games, they're not going to leave. If you're winning games at Texas State, like, let's just say six. You're going to a bowl game, okay? Those players aren't going to try to dip to go to somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like that to me is the most important thing. And that is going to be really the, I think first litmus test of this team, right? Like playing the games is going to be super important. But when we talk about recruiting, what it looks like in the off season, what does it look like in December? Are those high school players staying around? You know, that, that, that's going to be important. Especially if they felt like they were the ones that helped build that, right? Like why Mm -hmm. would you leave something if that's your home in a lot of ways? Well, we've seen, yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen. I, you know what I mean? Like 10, 15 years ago, I I would agree with you, but we've seen that happen now enough where there's college players who build a really good program. You know, they, they get a team to 
the best record they've had in 10 years. And then they go, you know what? I'm trying to go to the draft. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'll go to a different program. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go to say, you're going from Boise state to UCLA. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we've seen it happen uh, relatively recently in the way college football landscape looks. So I'm not willing to go out on a limb and say like, if you build something, they're going to stick around. 36 recruits is what we have right now. Uh, There's some discrepancy too, because we had one guy initially announced in that signing class, then he wasn't anymore. And it's kind of all depending on grades and some other stuff that uh, ultimately is nothing to do with the school. Really. It's just these standards that have been set by the school. So if you don't have the grades, you cannot play obviously. Um, So which makes it hard for you to count who who's here and who's not. Shout like, out to it, Colton McWilliams for helping me compile that list. Because uh, as soon as National Signing Day ended, we had to kind of flip the script, go cover basketball, then baseball, and you know the rest. You guys are sports guys, you know. Crossover season happened. So I just kind of fell off our recruiting train. Had a really great list, and then uh, Colton helped me put it together today. So shout out Colton <laughs> again. It went from like 35 to 37 to 40 to wait, where it's actually 36. So, you know, that that's to me is the nice thing about college athletics is that you can get on the message board and all of a sudden everybody's freaking out because so-and-so left. You're like, wait, what do you mean so-and-so left? I thought he was on the class. A uh, lot of fluxation, a lot, lot of, you know, things going, moving all different ways. So can I ask you about something? This is specific to this recruiting cycle, actually, mm-hmm. is Bo Corrales. And I don't think you or I were covering this team when he committed originally to 2016 the Withers team. Um, I think he played high school at a Pflugerville, at Pflugerville or Round Rock. I can't remember. It was outside of Austin. Um, and he committed originally to the Bobcats, ended up playing at UNC. Uh, so, you know, had the Columbia blue jersey, all that stuff. Now he's coming back, Texas State. So that's kind of cool. The transfer portal kind of, 360 worked around well i need you to put something in perspective here Mm. 2016 was six years ago so this is the equivalent of a grown man coming back like this This is is, uh stetson bennett this is stetson bennett this is like uncle rico coming back this is that six years is a long freaking time in sports man and like you know think about that like when you were in high school you're whatever 15 14 15 years old lining up against a 17 18 year old in practice that first day of two days just to do some like you know light hitting drills and you were like geez this guy's four years older than me there's a big physical difference between a senior and a, and a, and a freshman it's a big difference between a guy coming on campus at 18 years old and a guy who's almost 25 <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's something else Georgetown. thank you covid Georgetown. That's where Bo's from. <laughs> that was Thank way you. off. Thank you, COVID. Thank you for giving me an extra couple years of eligibility here. Dr. Mason Harrell. We've talked about that situation before, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, shout out to them. Like, you turn a bad situation into a really good situation. Because, like, you get your grad school done, you get into the workforce, all of a sudden, you can get a six-figure job. It's like, hey, I'm doing my doing my thing man well that was like a huge factor in you know we're in march right now so the ncaa tournament both sides men and women uh all over the place too from mid-major to us you know like uh toji was talking about the whole time too there's these covid seniors i've had these group of girls uh this whole time it's kind of miraculous and they're they're talking about too 
you know, talking about the final four and also bringing it back to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Coach Z was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a group of seniors like this again because of NIL, because of the transfer portal, because of a lot of things. Uh, you know, yeah. And I mean, look at UConn yesterday. They just won the national championship for the men's side of things. And I think they had a couple five-year seniors. So it's funny. We we complain, you know, people complain all the time about college athletics. Like, oh, people are going pro too soon, da 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 And it's like, you know, you, you had a situation this year where there's a lot of guys who are like, hey, shouldn't you have left already? Shouldn't you, like, be in the workforce? You know, we don't have a workforce problem, Jacob. It's just all these college athletes just never graduated. So, yeah, you kind of have those, like, Tom Brady situations. Like, down the road, UTSA, Frank Harris, obviously has had super crazy success. Probably could have gotten, thrown his name in the in the draft uh, and probably got drafted, honestly. He had a great year this year. Um, but that's, you have those, like, Tom Brady-type situations where all these, like, new guys are coming in. Jimmy Garoppolo insert whatever name <laughs> I, I was wondering where you're going with this metaphor yeah. but um texas state never really had that and it felt like texas state couldn't like land those recruits in fact some of our coaches went on the record with other journalists and said we cannot land these recruits verbatim <laughs> because we don't have an indoor practice facility because we're think- too small of a school because our only selling point is the river the indoor practice facility, I think, is really important because it gets to be a billion degrees outside. But, like, I don't know, man. I feel like there's, like, ways around that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, they I, already indoor... have a way around it. They were practicing at San Marcos High School. Spoiler. Well, or just at night. Yeah. I mean, look. You That's know, your clock's I... back, gentlemen. Uh, well, night school. Don't yeah, well don't don't take an eight AM when you know you're gonna have a late night practice. I feel like that's pretty self explanatory there. You know what I mean? You shift the whole day back. Problem solved. I don't know. So to immediately combat this in as part of the Take Back Texas inaugural class, enter Malik Hornsby, which uh we had some fun because immediately people were like, Does he even go to school at Texas State? They were looking him up on Cat's Web and all these other places, and I had to find him. <laughs> And say, hey, no, he is not at Arkansas or wherever people were saying he was at. Nebraska. Nebraska. The Big Red. There you go. I emailed their registrar directly and was like, can you verify? Is this this dude there? No. We made Big Red Wave uh, headlines in our first week of the podcast, basically. Big Red Wave headlines. Yeah, I mean, this is probably, would you say this is the player people are most excited for? It's the player they should be the most excited for because if G.J. Pl- uh, Kenny wants to play this high-paced, uh, super-fast offense, he's going to need a quarterback that can do it all. And apparently this is the guy that can. Yeah, we were tackling today. Uh, we went out there and tackled. You know, a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll go thud. We have a couple different tempos, but we tackled today. I wanted to see the guys get out there and, and um, you know, I wanted to see defense tackle. I want to see running backs run through the uh, you know, arm tackles, and obviously we're always going to stay off the quarterbacks, but um, I thought we ran the ball pretty well today. I thought the defense uh, did a good job of taking taking the ball away. Uh, that we were a little sloppy at times on offense, but that, that's that's part of it. So it was good to put those quarterbacks in different situations. I think all three of those guys are, are doing really well. Um, you know, like I said, it's early in the scheme, um, so it's one of those situations where they're still learning uh, how we want to do things and the footwork and, the, you know, where their eyes are supposed to be. Um, but I think all three of them uh, are doing really well. I think CJ had a really good day today. I thought Malik did some good things, and, and same with Ty. Um, so all three, all three guys are kind of progressing the way you want to. Uh, we just need reps. 
and uh, putting these guys in life situations like that. Obviously, we're never going to touch the quarterback, but putting these guys in life situations and, and you know them feeling that pressure, feeling that pressure in the pocket and, and having to throw the ball on time, uh, all those kind of good things are, are, are really good for the quarterback to feel. Yeah, I think we got all three of those guys have, have uh, been former places. And, and uh, so, um, you know, Malik's done a good job of, of picking up the offense. And, uh, you know, the, the talent is there. You know, he, he's one of the fastest guys on the team, if not the fastest. He's got a big arm. Um, it's just learning the scheme and, and continuing to get those reps and getting better. But he's been awesome. Um, you know, he's been a true quarterback and, and kind of handling things the right way. and. And, uh, you know, you have good days, bad days, and he's bounced back and, and had some really good days and had some really, you know, not really bad days, but had some really good days and some bad plays. And he's been able to bounce back and go to that, you know, that next play mentality. Um, but I've been very pleased with Malik and kind of where he's at. Um, you know, Coach Leftwich has done a great job there. Um, and same thing with the other two guys. They've both done a really good job. I've heard this before, though. That's more where my thing is. Like I've heard the the like we got this quarterback. Everybody's really excited. I think his name is Damian Williams. Was the quarterback mm-hmm. a couple years ago, like six five years ago, and then it was Brady, and then it was Vit, and it never panned out. So you know what it is? Um, it's going back to NCAA. It's we're playing the tutorial like over and over and over again with just a new creative player. Hell yeah! This it's time tough. though, we paid for the expansion pack, Zimmel. We got the DCL. We got the uh, DLC. Look. We got the skins. We got all the colorways of jerseys. Whatever you want. No excuses. I'm hoping Malik is good. I I don't even need him to be great. I don't need him to be the best player in the Sun Belt. I don't need him to be the best player in the Sun Belt West. I just need him to be a competent enough quarterback that Texas State isn't having to run bubble screens. You know no, what I mean? And, so, like, Right. The last time we were on here, I was talking about how people were already talking about what are we going to do in a year when GJ wins us a national title and he leaves. People have already said, what are we going to do next year when Malik wins the Heisman and he goes to play for Alabama or something? It's just these ridiculous takes that uh, unfortunately you and I have to sift through. It's fine. I'll, you know, hope springs eternal, right? Like, and in, in, you're never going to be like, hey, you shouldn't be hopeful for your team. I will say that my expectations for this team are, I feel very realistic. I feel like a Malik 1400 yard passing season, you know, nah, let's, let's, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be like probably 3000 yard, 3000 yard passing season, let's say 13 to 17 touchdown passes because they're going to run the ball. Like, I I feel like those are pretty solid numbers that, like, are doable. Six wins, that's a doable, like, thing. So that that's what I'm hoping for here. The thing I think, you know, we're talking about how good Malik is, could be, has the potential to be. Uh, the thing I think he is good enough to be is just end any immediate – like quarterback talk Mm -hmm. because it's like that's always the sexiest thing to talk about springtime is there a quarterback battle and you were talking about it too for the longest time texas state has kind of had that initial narrative right who's gonna start is it gonna be the first start are we gonna for some reason burn a red shirt we don't need to um but yeah i think i think malik is good enough to just end it right there there's no quarterback controversy at texas state that's our quarterback He's uh, uh, well, and that's what I hope. And, you know, you talk to coaches and stuff and they're like, oh, it's an open battle. It's like, no, it shouldn't be. You should just you should just say that this this is it's this guy. Uh, 
because it, it stops it quells all that type of stuff but it, a couple years ago it was like is it vit or brady and it was clearly brady and you I were was. the person saying that it wasn't and it was like you know now i'm glad that we're on the same page here that it should be malik it should, I, should I was the mayor of vit marcos i'll be the first to admit i was not uh i guess no i'm super i'm a big brady guy now that he's not playing oh for you're us. so full of it <laughs> so he's got his own podcast too it's pretty cool you're so full of it. No, you were you were not pro Brady. You weren't anti Brady, but you were not pro Brady, and you're not pro Brady now. It's I was. Me. You know what we should have done? We should have had just a run first offense <laughs> that entire time they were there. Because God help them, they did not have a lot of help up front. Well, that's and yeah, whatever. We we don't need to rehash five years of offenses, but yeah, it's this year they're supposed to have an offensive line. They're supposed to have a quarterback that can throw. Malik is relative. I, you know, from the little film I've seen of him, he is relatively mobile. I'm not saying he's a run first quarterback, but he's relatively mobile. He can move around the pocket a little bit. The wide receivers, we have not heard anything about yet. I, you know, we'll, we'll touch back in with uh, the guys who are at the spring practices. Haven't heard anything about them. Haven't heard anything about the running back room. So it's like, we have two rooms that we're good with. Yeah. Huh? Good pieces of the unit, right? Offensive line and quarterback. And the quarterback. Well, it's like, DBs too. We signed everybody basically as a DB yeah. on our list. Isn't it funny? You talk about like the like the person who started Take Back Texas, the number one recruiter in this is a defensive back coach. Nail. And we bring in all the DBs. You think that like, there's a uh, reason for that? Josh Eaton is playing both sides of the ball. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just I'm putting that out there. I, I think yeah, that's probably the weakest thing up front is well, we were able to keep Ashton Hawkins and you know some other guys that were like, whoa. We're getting a new coach. I'm out of here. Skedaddle. And then GJ brought him in and was like, hey, you fit perfectly. Just stay here. And they were like, fine. You fit perfectly. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Look, I'm just saying that <laughs> it's like all these things. I It's spring. You, 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 you know, you can cut the freaking cake a thousand different ways. It's just like I want to eat. You know, that that's what we're waiting for here. I will make my way out to a spring game. Uh, work's been crazy. And we got three episodes actually this week. So, you know, that won't happen. But that's one of the first things I'm going to look at is wide receivers, running backs. Who are you? Nice to meet you. My name is Jacob. Did you know we have a school here? Because for the longest time, we didn't know who anybody was or, you know, what was going on. Or yeah. can we even keep the ball for four downs in a row? Can we keep the ball moving down the field? Yeah, you know that. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's it's we're we're rehashing stuff that we don't need to rehash. The wide receiver room, the running back room, those are two question marks. I think coming into this spring, I, I want to talk about two two weeks ago now. Texas State hosted a massive Junior Day. We we're talking about that vacuum that existed for the longest time. Now suddenly, Texas State's got the hottest ticket in town on a Saturday in March, late March. Uh, but over 200 recruits were there. Uh, some actually even ended up signing. We had a, a couple transfers, the guy from Duke, uh, who ended up signing with the Bobcats. And just kind of a way for Texas State to showcase itself on a spring practice in the middle of March, well away from their recruiting stuff. The number that they're trying to hit is a fluid 85. Um, so that, you know, obviously people are going to be like, you know what? I don't fit into this offense. I got to go get playing time somewhere else and dip that's the thing that happens some people are going to figure out how they're getting utilized the same thing will happen uh and then texas State's going to realize that they need wide receivers and then they're going to go do that 
hopefully get yeah. some work. I, I was curious about this because it's, you know, I, I have no real understanding of how the weather works in Texas right now. Was it a nice weekend? Because I don't think you can beat a nice San Marcos weekend in March. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. So it's like that to me is a big selling point too. Is that my, like if it's my weather eight, guy in Corpus would call it a sunny delight. A sunny delight. Yeah. Sunny delight near the river. I think that that's a big selling point too, because there's another world where it's rainy and overcast and those days in San Marcos suck. So I'm glad, I'm glad that it was a nice day for him. And the SWAT boat has to rescue you. Yeah. Not fun. No, not fun at all. There is like one day a year where as a student, you have to traverse through a tsunami because the university does not cancel classes in a very timely manner, you know, cause they're like, Oh, well, we're going to wait out the storm a little bit, right? And then immediately goes to like a category nine hurricane. You're like, you're in a we, tube now going down Sesame. It's not We fun. need to find out who designed the um, the sewage and the runoff because there is none. It like all pools. It, there's, it doesn't make any sense. It seems like you're walking in water everywhere. I'm walking downhill in water. How does this work? You know, and and the wind. I don't know how the wind ends up getting so bad because there's so many hills. You're in Alec or uh, Alkek and you're looking over the quad and you're like got 70 mile per hour winds to your back. It's like, what's going on? I uh, I ran into Alkek because I had a class in Derek or something, you know, around that little Alkekish mm-hmm. area. And so I ran to Alkek because I needed to print something anyway. And it was pouring rain, horrible weather. And so I'm on the third floor with all the periodicals and stuff are because I'm a news guy and I got to read. I'm looking out the window as I'm reading and I see this grown woman look around, literally test the waters, tries to go down the stairs. I see her float away as if it was the San Marcos River. It was horrible. It was really bad. It's terrible. But I'm glad that the weather was good for the junior day. First rainy day in San Marcos. So how was the practice with the weather not being the typical sunshine? Yeah, I liked it. I, I was kind of, you know, see how these guys are going to fill it out. But these guys are out there flying around. Uh, I thought the coaches did a really good job of, of demanding that energy and, and getting their guys to play hard. And, and uh, you know, I, I it was a, it was a very physical, but it was probably one of the more fun practices. You know, anytime you know you get a different like snow or, or rain or any or anything, you know, I think it can go one or two ways. And I thought our energy levels were out the roof. Anything else we need to say about Take Back Texas? Hashtag our hashtag is better than yours. It's gotten better. The corniness has kind of gone down. I don't know if the corniness has gone down or am I getting on the bandwagon? Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, I'm happy with what it looks like. The designs have been really cool. The the graphics that they've been putting out. We're at the point now where we're jonesing for some football. You know, April mm-hmm. is kind of the time where it's like, when are we coming back? We got the spring game when? And you're really just trying to count down the days till August, you know, till we get, get football again. Well, people have asked too, like, does the spring game even matter? Does yes. any of this even matter? You know? Yes. I think if you're Texas State, absolutely. What do you mean? You have to think everything matters. Like every single thing is a building block for you. The spring game needs to be treated like it's week one. Because if it's not treated like it's week one, the week one rolls around and it's going to be a shit show. It's not going to be pretty. For Um, Georgia, they can pretend it doesn't matter. You know, they won the freaking national title. Here's here's the thing. And this is, I'm going to get you right here. The teams that win treat everything like it matters. The mm. teams that don't win don't 
care. Texas State for the longest time, I think they treated the spring game like it was just a walkthrough practice. You got to treat it like it's week one. The coaching staff, it probably, I don't need to tell them that. The players probably do need to hear it. Because it's like week, you treat it like it's week one. You practice like it's week one. You train like it's week one. And that is your dress rehearsal so that you have two months or whatever to figure out everything that went wrong. You know what I mean? So, hey, you thought this play was this play. Actually, it's this play. Like, let's get that corrected. Hey, you made this cut at two yards instead of four yards. You got to make that corrected. You know what I mean? You got to treat it like it matters, man. Because if you don't, it is going to be, August is going to sneak up on you and then, what you don't want, and we see this happen a lot uh, to Texas State, is that the the boulder starts rolling down the hill, and they can't stop it. You know, one week turns into two bad weeks, turns into three bad weeks. All of a sudden, you're one and four, and you're, like, looking up in the standings being like, hey, we need to win three of the next five if we want to have a winning season. And it's like, oh, well, how do, how do you do that? How do you beat Coastal and JMU and Troy? You need to win one of those three games. It's like – well, which one is it? You know, those are three of the teams that are the better in the conference. It's like, how do we, how do we do this? You know, life comes. So I think that you treat like, life huh? comes at you fast in the sun boat. Like that's what the baseball team is going through right now. You know, they <laughs> they they fighting through basically some of the best teams in the sun boat. Then they're gonna go play Texas in a couple a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, like I said, once the season starts, there's no stop. Like it, there you get a week by at one point, but like. There's really no stop. It just continues to roll and roll and roll. And, you know, I think GJ knows that. I imagine the coaching staff probably knows that. But it's like the younger players to wrap back up, to, like, go back to the top. We were talking about the high school. High school kids, a lot of them are coming from pretty damn good programs. A lot of them have been in that situation, but they're always on the winning side of those tough weeks. Like, week turns into week, turns into week, and rolls. Roll. Well, those wins pile up for them because they're on good teams. Texas State, for the most part. Not a good team. So it's like that is going to be a kind of a culture shock. And it's when when Kenny loses two games in a row, because it I it's probably gonna happen. At some point you're gonna put two bad weeks together. When you lose two weeks in a row, how do you come back on that third week? Well, and we don't have an Arch Manning type player, right? That's gonna be there as a as a true, true freshman who has just signed. Yeah. You know, our freshmen are gonna be on the sidelines, not having moved in. Not having taken a snap, not having done hope. a lot of those things. You hope. You hope that's the case. Because there's a real world, Jacob, and I think we both know this. There's a real world where all of a sudden you got freshmen in positions. It happened to Withers. Remember? When it was like we don't have any uh we don't have any corners. Everybody was hurt. All of a sudden we have 18-year-olds out there playing DB, and he's having to teach them on Tuesday or Saturday how to like do the coverages they need. It's not impossible. It's happened to us before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's scary, Andrew. And I guess that's why we were so uh, harsh up front, you know, because these are the realities that we're facing. I, You know, I, like I said, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I think that this is going to be a good season. I'm feeling pretty good about it. But it's like we got to call a spade a spade. And that's why you come to us. You don't you don't come to us to get the the cupcakes and the roses. You come to us for the real talk. And this is real talk on the Republic of Football. You know, I talked I about think... we well actually Dave Campbell's broke this story is that Texas State got a new air quotes uh, running back coach I say air quotes because the other guy was also new you know yeah, Cam Martin he was a running back at Auburn he was the running back coach over here he stayed through that whole initial signing day class and then he pieced out he's now the running back coach at UCF 
I don't think that really bothers me. Mostly because like I never really got a chance to be attached to him. He was my favorite coach though going into this whole deal. Uh, we had like a Texas State Bachelor kind of series that we were doing for a while where we were introducing all these guys. Uh, Bachelor TV stuff. But, um, you know, Eric Stevens, welcome to the crew. Uh, I think nothing the- really changes for me. Welcome to the pirate ship. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. I I don't. Yeah, again, he didn't. We don't know. The room didn't really change. Not for but, us. <laughs> it's like maybe that we'll talk to the players in a couple of weeks. Maybe they'll tell us the difference. But you know, I don't think that there's a big change. Yeah, and that was Take Back Texas in a nutshell. How it was created, what it led up to, and uh, everything in between. <laughs> They're still recruiting. As a matter of fact, uh, and you'll see by that list that I had to have Colton help me make piece together like a kid's art project um but um yeah i mean they're still just going and every day it kind of surprises me when they make another announcement i'm like are we still going we're still we're still doing this thing does it surprise you are there more people to get there are there are a lot more people to get and i'm every time they sign somebody i feel like it's like a check to us being like hey you're we're doing our job which is good um i'm i'm happy i'm happy that people are doing their jobs uh last well, made thing. some offers too on nsd you know and yeah most people who get offers on nsd don't sign on nsd because they're getting other offers too you know so it's like well why would i sign with y'all versus yeah i'm not i'm not signing yet i'm gonna weigh my options mm-hmm. um before we wrap up i know it's a football podcast i gotta ask you baseball concern level what's the panic level baseball well actually they played an electric series uh, <laughs> this weekend in San Marcos against Arkansas State. Uh, ben McClain single-handedly won the first game, took them to extra innings. Incredible play. They had an error right at uh, home plate. Goes behind the umpire. Always keep your mistakes in front of you. That's the big baseball rule. Ben McClain, lightning fast. I didn't know he was that fast. <laughs> took off. Uh, steals home. It was great. And that's what pushed us. And then I literally woke up my neighbors, Andrew. I was yelling at the top of my lungs at this ESPN broadcast. You didn't answer the question. Panic level for baseball. I'm not panicked at all. After seeing all right. Got nah, it. All right. I'm not, I'm not panicked. They're playing AM for reference. We're recording this on a Tuesday. They're playing AM today, tonight, at Bluebell. I'm not, I, I don't chalk up a lot to the AM. Well, however that game goes, it, it doesn't really matter to me. It's, no. it's the Texas game. That's what I care about. Yeah, have your brother uh, do some scouting for us right well jacob thanks for talking to me it's great AM or ut that's your that's your barometer for this team yeah. i yeah, think they, I, they show up against ut for sure they're gonna win UT, one of them ut might be one of the best teams in the country so if they beat they were UT, saying that last year too Zimmy. then they were yeah were they not yeah they were yeah. i mean where are they ranked right now top 25 i don't know yeah they were on a 15-game win streak. Because I know AM lost to Tennessee, and then they beat Ole Miss and lost to Texas. Squaring around, Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up.